Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Christians, we can sometimes fool ourselves into believing that we can rely upon our own abilities, our expertise, our planning, our sophistication, our degrees, our insurance policies, our master plans, our systematic theologies. They're all good things unless we pile them up and try to convince ourselves that we have it all figured out and our future already planned out. Hey man, let's get into the word today. Uh, turn with me, if you will, uh, to 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. I'm going to be reading from the 18th verse to the 25th verse. Again, that is 1 Corinthians chapter 1 in the New Testament, verses 18 through 25. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, then 1 Corinthians. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Let's see what it has to say for us today. <clears throat> for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring, nothing, and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has, God, has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through, through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believed. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preached Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. God's word for God's people and God's people said, amen. Pray with me. God, we honor you. We bless your holy name. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. We thank you for the opportunity to gather once again in your name, Lord God. Lord God, today we ask your will over our lives, over our interactions with people, over our thoughts and deeds. Lord God, if there is anything in me that is not like you, I ask for forgiveness. And in the same manner that I ask for forgiveness, and in the same manner that we all ask for forgiveness, bring to our remembrance people we need to forgive so that we can be quick to forgive them as well, Lord God. Lord God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Uh, allow me to preach your gospel and preach Christ crucified. 
Help me not to yield to temptation. Help us all not to yield to temptation. And continue to deliver us from the evil one. For you are the king of glory. You are the Lord strong and mighty. You are the Lord mighty in battle. You are the one that can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or imagine. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to share together today, I would like to talk a little bit about the foolishness of the cross. The foolishness of the cross. Uh, there is a picture online that's a meme, a joke picture, if you will, uh, that gets used a lot. And it's one picture with four pictures on the inside of it. And uh, those four pictures in the, on the inside of that one picture is a man getting dressed into a clown outfit. Uh, the four pictures are the stages of him going through this process from having just a little bit of makeup on to completely having all the clown makeup on, the wig, the nose, everything. And the people use this picture uh, when they are making fun of somebody else's views. Uh, this is used to indicate that this person or what they're saying makes them look like a clown. <laughs> the picture is meant to represent that whatever they're trying to say is so silly that they actually should be working in a circus. The other funny part about this meme uh, is that the joke, uh, the other joke is that the person offering this silly opinion does not realize what they're saying is wrong. Uh, they actually believe what they are saying is making sense, which makes them look even more like a clown. Oh, what a bad place to be in, to think you know what is right and be completely wrong. We all have been there. We have all opened our mouths and inserted our foots. We all have said some things that uh, we did not mean to say. We all have said something embarrassing in our lives. And I'm pretty sure if you haven't said anything embarrassing, if you've never put your foot in your mouth, you are an infant or a toddler that does not have command of the English language yet and you don't know how to speak. Because sooner or later, we will all say or think something incorrect. Nobody is right all the time. I submit to you, though, that even though we mess up all from time to time, rather, messing up is not as important as how you respond when you find out you were wrong. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. It's not okay to continue to be wrong even when the information is put in front of you that shows you are clearly wrong. Uh, we have an example of some people thinking they're doing right, but actually doing wrong in scripture. Uh, here in Paul's letter of 1 Corinthians, uh, 
we see that. First Corinthians was written around about 54 AD. It is a Pauline letter. Uh, I went to school at the cemetery, seminary, seminary to learn these things. And one of those $5 words I learned was a Pauline letter. And that meant that that was a letter that they know for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that Paul wrote it. Uh, there are some books of the gospel, uh, or the, of the Bible rather, that are what we call Deutero-Pauline letters, which means we think maybe one of Paul's students wrote it, or somebody wrote it on behalf of Paul. Uh, but this is a Pauline letter. There is no doubt Paul wrote this one. Something else of note about 1 Corinthians is that scholars believe 1 Corinthians is actually 2 Corinthians. Um, they believe that there is evidence that this is Paul's second letter to the church and that the letter that the, the, the book of the Bible that we call 2 Corinthians, they think is actually the fourth letter. Uh, this letter, 1 Corinthians, comes about 10 years after the area of Corinth was established as a Roman colony. The oppressors had just taken over this area and got it fully uh, colonized. Uh, but first, in 1 Corinthians, uh, we learn that Paul had to let the people of Corinth know that they had gotten the wrong idea about some issues. You see, Paul actually went out into the world and, and did not stay at home. He went out to help uh, spread the gospel of Christ Jesus and started churches, and he'd start the church, get them running, and uh, then he'd leave to go start a church somewhere else. That's why he's called an apostle Paul, because he was setting order and getting it out uh, getting out and spreading the gospel where he could. However, comma, when he would set these churches up, uh, he would leave and he would hear later on that there were some things going on at the church because church folk uh, do church folk things. Uh, and he'd have to write a letter back to explain things, to clarify to them. And so Paul has spent some time with the people of Corinth at the church of Corinth, taught them, and then he left. Uh, Corinth was a metropolitan city by the harbor with a diverse population. Uh, Corinth had, had uh, uh, two types of people there. There were uh, those who were recently freed slaves, and then there were those who were wealthy and making money off of the enterprise going on in Corinth because uh, it was a harbor town, so there were entrepreneurs and, and people who had just got their freedom all coming together in this city. And while there was a diverse background in Corinth, uh, they all had some similarities. No matter where they were in life, no matter what kind of social status they had, economic status, education, freedom, the, 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 the people of Corinth all thought when they got to Corinth, they could do whatever they wanted. Uh, in other words, uh, the people of Corinth uh, wanted to have their freedom and act however they felt. And because the people of Corinth had their freedom and there was a church in Corinth uh, made up of people from Corinth, they wanted to act however they felt as well. 
everybody was overly concerned about my freedoms. And the church had become divided when Paul wrote this letter. There were already churches being divided uh, during the time of starting the church because there were those who followed Jesus that were born Jewish and they were following Jesus and they thought that they were uh, of a different status. They thought that they had a little more on them than those Gentiles who weren't born Jewish but continued to uh, believe in Jesus. Uh, so, but not only now have we gotten past uh, uh, the Jew and the Greek uh, division, but they had started to buy, divide based on who they followed. Uh, uh, verse 12 uh, says that, that uh, um, people were saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Paul, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Uh, these people were going around creating divisions within divisions. There already wasn't that many Christians around at the time to begin with, and they were already under some uh, government rule. Uh, but this kind of behavior uh, was going on, and the church folk were in a Roman colony following a man who got murdered uh, like a common criminal because they thought he over, was trying to overthrow the government. Jesus is who I'm talking about right now. They were, they were scared. The Roman government was scared of Jesus, so they killed him on a cross. And here come these people that have now all sprung up trying to follow this man. And while they're trying to do all this and everything is going on on the outside, or worldwide oppression, worldwide struggle, the church folk are coming together but still find a reason to fight with one another. <laughs> this kind of uh, uh, behavior hurt the church. And not only did it hurt the church, it made the church look strange to the rest of the world. Uh, they were already not fitting in because they weren't following some of the Roman and Greek gods around. And people who believed in Christ were, and followed God the Most High during that time were treated like atheists. So it was already unpopular to be a Christian. Uh, and Jesus, we, we, we take this thing and, and somebody who the Roman government was worried would overthrow has groups of people setting up. We, we have to step back sometimes and look at how our faith looks to others. Just because we're used to a certain thing doesn't mean that everybody else is used to it. The things that we think are important, the things that we think are wise, they're not as valuable as we think. The cross is scandalous. Our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords, was executed like a common criminal. And we use the very symbol, the very, the, we use the symbol of the executioner's tool to represent our faith. We put it on our buildings. We put it on our clothes. We put it on our jewelry. We sing songs about it. The, Christ, the cross will always represent the love God shared for me. Or, or, or so I'll cherish that old rugged cross. We use the symbolism in conversation when somebody's going through something rough. Uh, everybody has their own cross to bear. 
But the modern day equivalent to caring about the cross like that would be for us to walk around with uh, maybe a, a, an electric chair on our shirt or uh, some lethal injection needles on our jewelry or we, we, we put up a gas chamber on our signs. That's strange to people on the outside. That looks foolish to people on the outside. But to them, it's foolishness. But to us, it's power. To us, it's where our sins have been uh, forgiven. To us, it's where we are washed as white as snow. To us, it gives us the strength to go from day to day. It's foolish to some people, but it's power to us. Uh, human wisdom does not compare to God's wisdom, as Paul says. Uh, matter of fact, it is so far apart that God's so-called foolishness would be better than the best of human wisdom. God works in our powerlessness. Uh, what we think is wise is foolish. The things that we care about don't matter when it comes to God. We may be holding on to relationships because we think they are important. We may be holding on to a position or a title because we think that it's important. We may be holding on to the pursuit of money because we think that it's important. We may be holding on to the pursuit of having church a specific way that we want to have it because we think that that is important, but only what we do for Christ will last. Uh, God, and the problem is we, 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 we hold on to it because we want our own level of power and control. We think that our own intelligence, our own experiences, our own, our own resources is enough, but we cannot outsmart God. We cannot out-resource uh, out God. We cannot outpower God. God works in our powerlessness. We have to be willing to let go and let God move in these things. I know it sounds strange. I know it sounds foolish right now, but we have to be willing to let go and let God do the work because when we let go and let God do the work, God can do more work than we ever did. God works in our powerlessness. Paul understands that. That's why Paul, even though he is responsible for sharing Jesus uh, further than uh, the, the 12 disciples did, he, he, he planted more churches. He spread out the gospel, and his letters to those churches became most of what we call the New Testament. Even though Paul was responsible for sharing Jesus all over the world, Paul uh, thought that what he had in comparison to God was minor. Yes. With the help and the power of God, he thought that he was uneloquent and he was not eloquent and he was a terrible speaker. But with the help and the power of God, yes. many lives are changed. You never know how God is going to work through you. 
You never know what situation you may be put in and, and that because you're in that situation and you end up in the right place at the right time, you might change somebody's life. But when you hold on to thinking that it's all about you, that becomes the foolishness. See, the gospel challenges our human intellect. The gospel challenges us. Christ crucified is not important to the Romans, but it is the all in all to Christians. It is the source of our power and wisdom. Uh, to believers, the cross should be more than just an emblem or a logo for church shirts. This is the symbol of true freedom. This is the symbol that lets us know that we are no longer under the bondage of sin and death. But we can't do it on our own. It never makes sense on our own. Uh, though we should know better, Christians, we can sometimes fool ourselves into believing that we can rely upon our own abilities, our expertise, our planning, our sophistication, our degrees, our insurance policies, our master plans, our systematic theologies. They're all good things unless we pile them up and try to convince ourselves that we have it all figured out and our future already planned out. In the shadow of the cross, that wisdom and, and, and thinly veiled attempts at control are all foolish. The cross should also remind us of our unity as a church. The Corinthians thought it was wise to divide themselves based on social status and where they came from before they came to the church. But we are all tied together. We are all tied together, whether we are liberals or moderates or conservatives. We are all tied together and united under the cross. Our community of faith is formed around what seems to be utter foolishness. We take an instrument of torture and death and use it for salvation for the universe and all creation. We also think it's foolish. We, the other foolish thing that we think about is that the battle is still going on. It's foolish because the battle is already won. The power of God and the gospel, uh, it, 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 it comes, the power of the gospel rather comes from God, not social status. It's foolish to think uh, that someone as unworthy as myself could be born into a world full of sin and still be saved, but it works. It's foolish to ask someone who knew no sin to come into the world and take on every one of our sins, but he did it. It's foolish to expect someone to live a life that we could never live and die a death we could never die, but he did it. It's foolish to take a cat of nine tails and get whooped all night long for a crime you didn't commit, but he did it. 
It's foolish to think that someone would willingly go up on the cross and take that beating and that embarrassment when he could have called 10,000 angels to his head, but he did it. It's foolish to think that someone would be willing to give somebody they just met a borrowed tomb and he lay there for three days, but he did it. It's foolish to think that three days later, early on the third day, he would rise up again with all power in his hands, but he did it. And it's foolish to think that he's coming back again, but guess what? He is. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above, Lord God. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the ability, the opportunity, the privilege to get to know him in the pardoning of our sins. Lord God, we speak a word over everyone who hears this message today that we will all be able to hold on to the foolishness of the cross because even in that it's wiser than anything we can come up with on our own, Lord God. We ask that if there are those that are just hearing this message for the first time and don't know Jesus Christ and the pardon of their sins, that they'll want to get to know him. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.